to another session of Prescription for Life. We are from Bell and Health. I am the health and well-being consultant and very excited to talk today for this month's Lifesaver topic with Pam Baranchek. Pam, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking, Linda. Yes. So Pam is one of our fantastic licensed behavioral health therapists. And uh, for the month of May, we're really looking at the, the catchphrase for this month is my mind's eye. And so kind of how our minds are tuning into things, looking at things. And specifically for May, we are focusing on the idea that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I came across an interesting statistic that more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness or a disorder at some point in their life. And so that's a really, it's a significant amount one of two of us. So Pam, welcome to the show. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got to Bellin, all, all that good stuff. I So I grew up in this area. I'm a, a homegrown person. I grew up in Seymour and then I ended up um, going away for a little bit for college and then coming back and finishing up school. I've been a therapist of some sort for about 20 years now and I've been here at Bellin for the last almost seven. My, my seven year anniversary is coming up. Um, my primary role here at Bellin, I work in a program called the Mental Health Intensive Outpatient Treatment Program, and we are a group therapy-based program that we're able to help people that maybe have just gotten out of the hospital and need some support as they're transitioning to home, um, or maybe people that are in individual outpatient care that's just not quite enough support, so they need a little bit more. Um, it's a, about a four-week program, and it's really been amazing to work in. We really get to see a lot of amazing people do amazing things and get well. So I feel really lucky to be in this position. That's awesome. So what, what got you interested in the field in the first place? Like what about it was, was uh, just, just interesting to you? Yeah, that's a really always a fun question to answer because I think what got me into the field is not what keeps me in the field. Mm. So when I, when I first started, I am I'm one of those people that actually is working in what I went to school for. And, I, and that's not all that common. I know. <laughs> right. Um, so I started out when I was 18 saying, I want to work with people. I want to be a therapist. And I think that I was always just kind of somebody that enjoyed listening to other people and, um, and got feedback that that could be helpful sometimes. And so that made me want to do it. I think I went into the field thinking that I was going to help people, that that was going to be my role. And what I've realized working in the field is that I don't really help all that many people, but I get to witness people helping themselves, oh, which is yeah. phenomenal. Really, you know, being able to be a part of that journey with people where they're able to identify and access the strengths that they need to get through whatever they're going through. It's just such an honor. And, um, and that's why I stay in this field. It's amazing. Oh, we're so lucky to have you. That's oh, awesome. You. That's awesome. So um, like I said previously, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So this is really our opportunity, I think, to shine a light on mental health. Um, one of the things that I've seen in my time at Bella, and especially since the COVID-19 pandemic, is that mental health is getting more of that spotlight, which I think is so incredibly important. Um, but when you are bringing awareness to people, like what do you think people should be aware of um, in terms of this mental health awareness month? If I could send one message to people about mental health awareness, it would be that it's it's treatable. Mm -hmm. That um, I think that so many times people 
say, I don't want to go get help because it's not going to make a difference. People, mm. you know, this, I've been a worrier all my life or I've been depressed all my life. This is just the way I am. And in reality, that's, that's not the case. I've, I've gotten a chance to work with people. I've seen so many people get better and can, people can get better pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes if we just are brave enough to say, Hey, I need some help with this. The help is available and things can get better and they can get better pretty quickly. Yeah. That's great. I'm so glad you shared that because I think sometimes there is still that stigma out there and it's just good to know. I think sometimes people don't realize sometimes it's just tools that you don't know of yet that you can learn about um, that can help you, you know, change some of the things you have going on in your life. Yeah. I think that sometimes uh, we've all been in different situations and we've found ways to survive them and we've got different coping strategies that worked in those situations. But if we're in a new situation now, those same coping strategies might not work as well. And so being able to go in and say, hey, I, I want to learn some new strategies for this new situation. Um, that's just smart. It's smart yeah, to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we always talk about this. We talk about how, I mean, if you have a broken arm, you go in, you get treatment. So if something is feeling broken for you in terms of emotion or mental health, treat it like it's a broken bone, like get it treated. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Cool. So how do you think, uh, because a lot of times I speak about these dimensions of well-being and how they all work together. So what do you think about how mental health contributes to our overall health and wellness? Uh, There's so much of a contributing factor. I I mean, if we think about some of the early warning signs of mental health illness, we might notice things like eating more or less than usual, sleeping Mm -hmm. more or less than usual. Obviously, those things are going to connect to our physical health. If we notice that we have more or less energy, we might be more or less likely to do things to take care of ourselves, which is going to impact our physical health. We might isolate from other people and Mm. just kind of get that loneliness and that Mm -hmm. sadness which is definitely going to impact our physical well-being Um, mental health symptoms can show up physically and so we might notice um, unexplainable aches and pains that can maybe be a result of depression or anxiety Um, thoughts of suicide can certainly have an impact there's a huge overlap between our mental well-being and our physical well-being. Yes, absolutely. And on mental health moments, our friend Charles Latour always reminds us there is no physical health without mental health. Mm-hmm. So that's such a good place for people to recognize and, and to start. So it's so important. So what are your thoughts? We tell people a lot to start with their primary care provider. Um, in terms of if they're not feeling well, if they're not sleeping well, and, you know, some of those types of things. Wh- what do you see as, as the connection of how the primary works in terms of people's uh, mental health? I view our primary care doctor as kind of the quarterback of our mm-hmm. care, right? Mm-hmm. That we go to them first, and there's a lot that can be managed right in that primary care office. And if if we need a little bit more support, they're able to recommend the appropriate support and get us to that um, to those providers in the most efficient way possible. Uh, so 100%, I would agree with you that starting out with our primary care, that's a perfect starting place. Beautiful. And I think it's a good place to have the conversation because sometimes your primary care provider really knows you from being with you for several years and they can ask you how you're feeling and maybe you're not feeling quite right. And that's just a great time to have that conversation 
bring that up to that person because they they know you well already hopefully and if if you don't have that relationship yet now is a great time to start Um, we would love to set you up with a primary care provider so please reach out to us um, if we can do that for you so then in terms of, you know, Bellin is also obviously a community-serving organization, nonprofit health care. So one of our big goals, of course, is to connect to the community and make an impact on the community. So how do you think Bellin contributes um, to our community's mental health, like from, from, your, from your viewpoint? I think that Bellin's focus on outreach in the community is probably one of the reasons I'm most proud to work here at Bellin. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we are a presence at so many different community functions. We were recently at the, the Packer, Packer 360. Yes. Event, oh, we had so, so fun. much fun. <laughs> yep. But it was amazing. You know, it, being at this event, there's all of these different climbing walls and bounce houses and really fun kid activities. But the number of kids that came back to our little area where yes. they could shake a dice and talk about something that they're most proud of or something that they like the bo- most about themselves, something that they're grateful for. People, I think, really um, really want to focus on those things. Mm-hmm. And it really, it brings this good feeling about themselves and other people and just the world in general. And to be able to provide opportunities for people in the community to experience that is really amazing. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that Bellin has therapists that are placed in schools Mm -hmm. um, that really, I think, helps so much in terms of increasing the access for people so parents don't have to necessarily take off of work to bring their kids into an appointment, that the therapist Mm -hmm. is right there um, so that Bellin is putting people in employment, places of employment and other agencies in the community. And I, I just think that we work really, really hard to be able to provide access to community members for care. Yeah, definitely. A L- lot of great stuff going on out there. And yes, we had such a fun time at that Play 60 event, um, really seeing all these kids and, and even just in those moments, giving them this thought-provoking question of giving someone a compliment or asking something that they're proud of and uh, seeing them make that connection and how those things really made them happy. So um, just a really cool way to to reach out. So we, we did have a really good time at that event. Yeah. Um, so um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, parting thoughts for our audience, anything that you want them to know that you haven't got to talk about, anything you would like them to be aware of, or um, things you can leave them with in terms of thinking about their own mental health. Uh, you know, what are some little things that maybe we can do on a day-to-day basis? So even if we find ourselves that we're not one of those, those folks that have something diagnosable, what can people do to, to pay attention to their mental health? I think that there are definitely some things that we can do um, just on a regular basis to try to really take care of our mental well-being. I think that physical activity is a big one. Yes. Um, somebody explained it to me one time. They said, Pam, our bodies are about 90% water, and when water stays still, it turns into a swamp. Oh. You don't want to be a swamp, right? So oh, I love moving that. our bodies, celebrating the fact that we can move our body, um, giving ourselves good fuel with healthy nutrition, drinking enough water, Um, Being able to find balanced sleep. We don't want to get too consumed with sleep that we Mm -hmm. worry about it and keep ourselves awake at night. But making sure that we're getting enough rest and that it's quality, that we feel rested during the day. Um, Paying attention to the people that we surround ourselves with. Making sure that we have positive influences in our life. Um, Yes. 
somebody had posed a question to me. They said, if you think about the five people that you spend the most time with during the week, maybe they're not the people you wish you were spending time with, but the people that you do spend the most, what kind of influence do those people have on you? And is it the, the right kind of influence or do you need to surround yourself with different people? So I think that just paying attention to those things can help keep our mental well-being at a good, solid baseline. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I couldn't couldn't agree more. And again, it's it's something that we have to keep working on. You know, when we think about health and wellness, it isn't a one and done. We don't get strong from one one push up. We don't get rested from one good night of sleep. You know, these are these are things that you have to keep doing. So that's such a great reminder. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate um, you taking the time and and helping just educate our audience uh, in terms. And uh, for our audience, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And we hope to see you next time. Have a great day.